Easy Peeper Deeps and welcome to another edition of the Feeling Fine podcast. I am your host, P. Fine or Pete Fine, and uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, big, big thanks to everybody that's been listening to my previous podcast, the previous shows that I've done which are available on all the usual places. If you know anybody that's interested or hasn't found them yet, Apple, Amazon, uh, Podbean, Google, and so on, it's all available. You can uh, usually find my links shared on Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, also on YouTube, there's clips being uploaded to YouTube as well. Um, now, if you uh, followed my last week's uh, episodes. Um, I had a midweek episode and the the previous Sunday episode. Uh, so you know some of what I might talk about this evening. You know I'll probably be um, drawing on the things that I've discussed in the previous podcast, basically. And um, this particular episode is I've called "Why Do We Suffer." Why do we suffer? It's pretty, pretty clear. It's pretty clear to see that as a species on this planet, human beings suffer. And, you know, in all fairness, I would say that we suffer more than any other animal. I know that all other animals, uh, you know, pretty much have their share of, they have to go through certain things, you know, it's like if you ever watched one of these wildlife documentaries, these uh, David Attenborough, is it David Attenborough or Richard Attenborough, one of the Attenborough brothers, and um, and you see he does these documentaries or whatever, or any native program where they show things like, um, you know, animals that have to migrate from one place to another, you know, to follow the, the water, basically. Uh, and the, the kind of processes and the situations that they have to go through on the way, like, um, is it the wildebeest, I think it is. I remember watching one documentary where these wildebeest, they have to cross uh, a certain section of a river and I don't remember it all, or the geographical locations of it, or whatever. Uh, I'm sure somebody out there will. Um, but they have to. They had every year. They they follow the same path. Every year they follow the same path, and they have to cross a certain section of this river. It might be the Nile or something. I don't know. But anyway, they've got to cross this river, and every year, uh, without fail they are attacked by crocodiles and it's not just the wildebeest there's various other animals that have to cross these certain sections of a river and have to deal with crocodiles uh, and uh, but anyway it, it, so it shows them uh, so there's a big big horde of wildebeest um, or wildebeest wildebeest something like that uh, but anyway, there's a big, uh, big gathering of them basically, and they've all sort of bunched up by the side of the river, 
and it's almost like they know that uh, that some that they're going to lose some of their comrades uh, in this attempt at crossing this river, but it's like pretty much every man for themselves uh, in a fashion. And you know, obviously, if there's any younger ones there, then the the crocodiles tend to sort of try and target them more because they are sort of less aware and less likely to be able to get across as quick and they are going to be easier picking obviously so um it's it's like they get to this point where it's like right this is it uh, this is it guys we've got to do it and they all sort of make a beeline for the river and start splashing across the river and then the next minute all these crocodiles there's all kinds of carnage and chaos and you just see limbs and legs and trotters and stuff flying all over the place it's like a massive battle in this attempt to cross this river and then you know one or two of them get snarled and dragged under and they do that crocodile spin and stuff uh take a couple of the kids away and a couple of the elders um, but then the, the obviously the majority of them get to the other side, but you know they lose some in in the process. But then they get to the other side, and then once they've kind of you know had the few moments to recover, it's almost like it's like right, okay, we've got to carry on. Now <laughs> carry on regardless. We have to carry on the journey, uh, and and they pretty much carry on, hit the road, and and they're off again. And this is, it's, it's like, for so many animals, they have the, some, something, you know, similar experience where they migrate from, from one place to another and, and the, um, the challenges that they face on the way. But for human beings, you know, our suffering really is something completely different. It's something completely different. It's not like, you know, when we compare it to uh, migrating animals, it's not like our suffering experience is uh, to do with our everyday challenges of life. You know, it's not like we are going out as hunter-gatherers or, or even to, to gather nuts and berries and whatever, and we have to uh, challenge various different man-eating animals that might uh, come across we might come across going through the the forests or whatever we don't have these kind of challenges in our lives anymore fortunately we don't we don't have to go through this uh, you know our kind of hustle and bustle is is just getting <laughs> getting to the bus and getting off it again uh, pretty much or, or trying to get onto the the train before it leaves the station um, but the way that we do suffer you know so our suffering when you compare it to other animals our suffering really is it's it's psychological suffering uh, in one of my previous uh, podcasts uh, I, I mentioned or I may have mentioned that suffering suffering is of the mind so you can have pain you can have physical pain and um, 
and you can have these painful experiences through various reasons, whether it's uh, you've had an operation or you've had ailments or illnesses or something's happened or whatever, you have physical pain. We have physical pain, but suffering is the way that we mentally, you know, psychologically process that pain. And so suffering is of the mind, basically. So uh, in, in the respect of if, if we were effectively having to migrate from one place to another and we had to, we had the situation where we had to cross through uh, um, troublesome waters or, 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 you know, some kind of tormented region where we might lose lives and, and lose our loved ones in the process or whatever then that would be the experience that we've got to go through. But the suffering would be how we would mentally process that situation. And, you know, generally speaking, we process it fearfully, which, you know, all suffering, the root of suffering is fear. And, um, you know, so we, we basically suffer what's going on in our minds. This is the root of our suffering. So you can have physical pain, you can have ailments of all kinds and, and, and not suffer them at all. And many people don't suffer when they have physical ailments. Many people don't. But some people suffer, suffer immensely. Some people suffer greatly. Some people whine and moan and, and, uh, and really can't, can't basically shut up about their ailments. And, you know, it's, uh, it's not a criticism. This isn't a criticism at all. The fact of the matter is, the way that some people process their situation is completely different to the way that others do, basically, and, and, and this is the suffering. The, the, the experiences that we have in life and the things that we go through, ultimately, these are, they might be painful experiences, they might be difficult experiences, but the way we process these experiences, the way we, uh, you know, that we process them in our minds, this is what leads to the suffering. Again, some people can have experiences in life, and whether it's uh, from losing uh, uh, loved ones, losing relatives, uh, whether it's from experiences such as you know, having your house burgled or broken into, having property stolen, uh, and all kinds of things like this, anything you could possibly imagine. Some people just have the ability to bounce right back from anything, whereas other people seem to uh, prone to kind of carry these experiences and basically suffer uh, as a result. So... Uh, our experiences, the you know the kind of experiences that we would rather not have, uh, uh, end up being baggage. They end up being like emotional baggage that we carry uh, through our day to day lives, and and that basically weighs down on a daily basis. And so the root of all of this suffering is is purely the way that we process these experiences, the, the way that we think about these experiences or, or more direly, 
directly the way that we allow our minds to 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 dwell on these experiences without seeking out any clarity and without trying to effectively put down the baggage effectively put down the baggage and stop carrying it around with us so some people carry baggage uh, forever whereas other people just learn to put it down at the first available opportunity and these are the things this is something that you know i i do consider as you know as i've said before it's, these are these the things that I speak about. These are all things that I see we, that we should all at least to some extent question, observe, and learn to understand. Because you know, humanity as a whole, for for so many people to be burdened with so many things, with so many uh, 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 mental issues and it's it's a sad thing to see and it's a shame to see it it is a shame and and it's very saddening to see that some people they just can't bear the weight of the 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 mental burden that they carry that that in in so many cases it becomes fatal and we have had uh, obviously very recently we've had suicide awareness which highlights the this simple fact that some people obviously struggle to carry the load. So, you know, these podcasts and, and these the, the, the talks that I share, it's, you know, it is basically just me speaking my mind, speaking what's coming through my mind uh, and basically how I see life with a view of, of inspiring people to, to, to not be afraid, to not be afraid to... to to look at things from a different angle, a different viewpoint, to see if there is an alternative way. And, you know, I'll I never approach this situation as if to say it's easy. It's easy to just change the way you look at things. It's easy to just drop all of this and it's easy to just think a different way and so on, because I know it's not. I know it's not. But at the same time, I know it's possible. And, and it's that possibility that I think we should all at least uh, try to become aligned with, aligned with the possibility. And, you know, in reality, the more we become aligned with it, the, the greater a possibility it becomes. And even still, it might just be that some people do learn uh, after carrying their burdens and their baggage and their suffering for so many years some people do learn to just drop it in an instant whereas for some people it's a gradual process to drop it but it's kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel once you see the light it's just a matter of time and if you can hold on to that that kind of way of looking at the light and looking at it the situation as a whole then again, it, it means that it's always within your grasp to be free from whatever it is that's troubling you. So, you know, we suffer. We suffer in this way purely because it's psychological. But ultimately, the, 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 the root of the cause of suffering 
is, you know, we're all familiar with obviously, um, if you have, if you're sick in any way or you have some kind of illness or whatever, you have, you go and see your doctor, your doctor prescribes some kind of medicine. And all the medicines that your doctor will prescribe when you go and see your doctor, he will always, or I'll rephrase that, perhaps there are some doctors in this day and age that are starting to um, to suggest more natural remedies and stuff. But under most circumstances, a doctor is going to prescribe some kind of man-made drug is going to subscribe some kind of man-made drug, some kind of man-made medicine. And um, uh, with a view of curing your ailments. But every man-made medicine, every man-made pill, every man-made drug that gets prescribed, ultimately, who we are all guinea pigs for man-made medicines. We're all guinea pigs simply because there is nothing that you can take that is guaranteed to to work in your favor that is guaranteed not to carry side effects so this is why whenever you take any medication whatsoever any of these uh, sort of man-made drugs and i'm not saying that all sort of natural remedies are going to work for everybody either that's not my point but you know obviously when you go to your doctors then more often than not they this is what they prescribe they prescribe the the sort of um, laboratory created drugs uh, and whenever you take these drugs, they all come with uh, a, a, a kind of a, a health warning or whatever. What's the word I'm looking for? That basically uh, gives you a list of side effects. And and it tells you that if you suffer any kind of adverse reaction or any of the side effects listed to consult your GP immediately, which basically means that these medicines, these pills, these drugs or whatever, they're not forced to work smoothly for everybody. So it's like for most people, they're going to work okay with, but for some people, they're going to experience any or various different types of, of um, side effects, various different types of side effects. These side effects can be anything. They can range from you know, a bit of itchy skin to swelling here and there to all kinds of stuff. You know, what might swell? That's another story. Anything can swell. It depends on what you're taking, what you're taking it for. You could have all kinds of side effects. But this is like one of the consequences of taking these, these medicines and these drugs or whatever. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because, as I see it, it's the same with... Uh, with our education and life so this is what is often referred to as being conditioned we are conditioned to see life and to process life in a certain way from being very young and you know this this whole process of conditioning it's it's, it's self-perpetuating so it begins when we're infants or when we're babies it starts off at home uh, and then we grow through this cycle uh, we go through the schooling and educational process and we, le we leave school and then we kind of build on that for ourselves we build on that so what happens so effectively what's happening is we are given a system so in the same way that 
a doctor is going to give you a pill, um, we go to school and we go through the whole educational process and we are given a system. And this system that we are given is what we use to look at life through. We look at life through this system of, of information. And, you know, and this, this, you know, this information that we're given, it's knowledge. We're given knowledge. This is, this is what we're given. We're given knowledge. Well, basically, it's information that we're given. So, you know, I look at knowledge and information like this. When you have, uh, when you are experienced in something, or you have had an experience in something, then you can speak about this uh, quite freely. This is when you are sharing your knowledge. You are sharing knowledge then. You are putting what you have experienced into words. This is knowledge. You are putting what you know into words. But then when you gather this knowledge from somebody, the knowledgeable person who has, whoever has had this experience, you gather that knowledge, but to you, you are receiving information. So until you have had experiences along those lines, it remains information to you. So we are given information and we use this information that we are given to to look at life and to process life. So with this in mind, it's to me, it becomes clearer to see that so many people suffer with mental health and mind related issues because of the way that we have been taught to see life because of the way that we've been taught to see life, people suffer and struggle as a result. So we go to school and we go through the whole schooling process and the, the way that we are taught to see, to see things, it might be like, you might be the sort of child or person, a young person that's very artistic. And as a result, you might often be staring into space. You might often be daydreaming and so on and it's basically more often than not because what you are being forced to learn and what you are being taught it's not really what you're interested in it's not where your attention really is so as a result you often drift off into flies of fantasy and, and imagination uh, you might even be a sketcher you might be constantly sketching in a, a, a notebook or something and then along comes your teacher and chastises you for not paying attention and for sketching in your book when you should be listening and all of this kind of rubbish. And, you know, basically you are being forced to conform to a certain way when in truth, this isn't your way. This isn't the way that you are, but you are being forced to be this way. And you know, and it's not just, you know, using the artist as, a, as an example, it could be anything, it could be music, it could be, it could be writing, you could be a writer, you could be a musician, you could be a sports person, or whatever, you know, if you are, if your thing is sports, uh, but academically, you, you're not too great, you're not too great, but then you have to study all the academic side of things in order to progress in sport. Uh, and, you know, this is the way that we go through our, our education is, 
you have to earn the ability to do the things that you are truly, naturally good at. If you are naturally good at something before you can progress along that path, you have to satisfy certain criteria, which, number one, you might not have any interest in anyway, and number two, you might not even be very good at. You might not be getting any good at. Uh, you know, I think it was Einstein that, or there's a, 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 a quote that's accredited to Einstein where he says something along the lines of, we are all geniuses, but if you... If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, then the fish is always going to think of itself as stupid. And that pretty much sums up our educational process. Uh, this is what we all go through. We are forced to do things and go through and learn things that uh, often are not you know, where our minds are at. We, you know, we struggle. If you are not, you know, if mathematics isn't your thing at all, but you have to go through maths lessons and so on uh, on a daily basis or every other day or however often you have to have these lessons. Maths isn't your strongest subject, but you've got to go through it anyway. And every lesson you go through that, every time you go through that lesson, you're struggling and you're struggling and you're struggling. And each time you struggle and each time you are being told you've got it wrong, you've done it wrong. And then sometimes you might have one of those teachers that's just constantly trying, constantly making you feel stupid, constantly telling you you are stupid and all of this kind of stuff. Then all of this, all of this, basically, it has an effect on you or it can have an effect on you. And ultimately, this ends up being what you carry around with you as well. So then your life becomes a constant striving to almost to satisfy your teacher and to satisfy a system, this system of education. When, you know, in reality, it should be the other way around. The, the system should be satisfying you. It should be pulling out the best of you rather than trying to make you do better for the system. But then the consequence of this is, you know, we get to our school leaving age and, and stuff. You know, for me, when I left school, I walked out the door without a clue what I wanted to do, feeling no better off for the whole 10, 11 years that, I've, that I wasted at school. Uh, and just feeling like I was like in the middle of nowhere. I didn't feel like I've, I've just been set up for the rest of my life, put it that way. And I know that, that most people probably feel the same. It might be a bit different now. It might be a bit different now, but that was what it was like for me. I didn't come out of school feeling like I was ready. I didn't come out of school feeling like I'd just been through a process that really set me up for life. And, you know, I know that I'm pretty sure everybody can say the same that, you know, we don't, we are not taught in a way that sets us up for life. We receive all of this information at school, so much information at school, but never do we learn anything about the basics about life, of life and, and living out, our, you know, as an adult, you know, um, 
how to do your own personal finances, how, you know, things like what to do about buying a house and, uh, you know, a mortgage and all of this kind of stuff. You know, it, it kind of, it really actually beggars belief that we're not taught any of this kind of stuff at school. We're not given any of this information at school. It, it, it makes no sense at all. But I think it's safe to assume that we're not given this information because the whole process is to make life difficult for you. How can we go through a whole process like this and not gather anything in the whole time that actually does benefit us on a personal level? It makes no sense at all. So in this process, these are all of the things that, you know, we get stressed out about. People get stressed out about these things. These things weigh people down because we have a head full of information, none of which is actually any good for us uh, on a personal level when you want to start being independent. So now you, you have to learn all of this all by yourself to some extent. You have to study about life yourself. And, you know, and it can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming for some people, like I said before. It's not just these man-made drugs that, uh, that can have potential side effects. It's the whole process and the system that we come through that can have potential side effects on some people more than others and again this is what we see in life we see this in life people end up being homeless people end up uh, um, uh, suicidal and, and taking their own lives people become dependent on alcohol and drugs and you know we see the whole spectrum of situations that people go through because life or as we are taught to view it isn't a one-size-fits-all the, the process and education that we go through in life carries potential side effects for so many people. And, you know, even if you, uh, you don't fall by the wayside in this way, you know, you don't become dependent on drugs and alcohol or, or whatever, you still end up with a life that, uh, that you make do with, you make do with, with the ailments and issues and the, the head full of nonsense and negativity and so on, we make do with it because it's pretty much seen as the norm. But uh, this normal is basically like internalized suffering. So people suffer in this way, but uh, we don't often speak about it. We don't often really see it as suffering. It's just the norm because everybody's going through it, it's normal. But then if, if everybody around you was free, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually free, and you were the only person that had these ailments and these afflictions and these burdens and you were carrying them around in this way, then obviously it wouldn't be the norm. It would be the abnormal. It would be uh, the, the thing that you were desperate to get rid of. But because so many people live uh, in this way, 
and and carry their lives in this way it's considered normal and you know so normal in fact that it makes up so much of our conversation when we communicate with each other we speak about our ailments and we speak about our issues we basically communicate about what's shit in our lives more than what's good in our lives and for so many of us we only have the the the, the good that exists in our lives is only at weekends and for like two, three weeks a, a, a year, and on bank, bank holidays. <laughs> Which, you know, that's pretty torturous. It is pretty torturous. Uh, to, to just have the, the quality in your life confined to, to such a small section, a small segment of time. And, and to spend the rest of your days in this way. It's like permission to enjoy yourself. The same way that we are at school is the same way that we go through the rest of our lives, uh, seeking permission to enjoy yourselves. I, um, for the last five months or so, I was in, uh, which is why I've been pretty sort of vacant, I've not been fully involved in my social media and stuff like this. I've been sort of dabbling here and there, but I've had a full-time job. And I haven't had a full-time job for, for years. You know, I've worked as a, a subcontractor for like past 20 years. I took a full-time job, which I've left now. <laughs> I, I, I sort of, uh, I've left it now. I left it last week. But... One of the things that, that really kind of bothered me was the fact that uh, I had to I had to book time off. Now, as a, the, the, there's there's pros and cons to being a, a subcontractor or being self-employed. Obviously, you are you are everything is dependent on you and so on, and you can't you don't get paid holidays and blah 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 blah. You, most people know it already, but at least you have the option. At least you can decide when things happen. And, you know, I, I at one point in the five, nearly six months that I was in this employed job, I wanted a day off. And, you know, I've never been, I've never been the sort of person that needs a holiday. I've never needed a holiday. I can honestly say in my whole life, I have never once said or thought I need a holiday, you know, um, but, you know, I know a lot of people do, a lot of people do feel like this and a lot of people feel this way and so on, but I've never had that experience, I've never felt that way, but anyway, here I am, or here I was, working now, I haven't had a job or worked as an employee like this for over 20 years, but here I was, and I wanted a day off. And I had to book a day off. And the whole process, the whole experience, I, I, <laughs> I couldn't get my head around it for one day. I wanted one day off. And I had to fill out a form, a request form, and blah, blah, blah. And just for the one day, I had to wait over a week for somebody 
Well, in fact, it got to the point after a week, I chased it up and I'm like, look, what's going on, man? Have I got the day off or not? Uh, and then the following day, somebody got back to me saying, yeah, your day has been, your day off's been granted. But it, it, it just made me realise how bizarre this was to me, how alien it was. that I had to ask for permission to do something for myself. That it was like the, the sudden realisation that it's like somebody owned me. <laughs> but yeah, I've never had this feeling, this, this, this need to have a holiday. It's something that I've never experienced, never had. Now, I'm not saying I've never had holidays. I've had plenty of holidays and stuff. But I've never had holidays because I needed them. Uh, and... Um, but again, this it's it's another sign of how we suffer. We suffer and struggle in life to the point where we need something like a holiday. You know, we need a break. We need so many things. But the reality is what we we think we need isn't actually what we need. The only thing that we truly need is just to change our perspective and the way that we are processing life and you know ultimately this is the only thing that we truly need to do to relieve ourselves from suffering in so many different situations we just need to change the way we look at life i um you know and i share this from first-hand experience I share this from personal experience that if you change the way you look at your experiences of life, they do, they do become less burdensome. They do become less heavy and less taxing on you spiritually, mentally, psychologically. It changes everything about you. You could, you could literally flip the way you look at your job and your work from being something that you hate to do to being something that you really do want to do your best. You really want to do your best. You really want to give it your all. You really want to go in there on a daily basis and deliver the best that you've delivered. You know, the deliver better than you did yesterday. To push yourself in this way and to challenge yourself. Completely change the way you look at work. As opposed to thinking, I'd rather not be here. I'd rather not be doing this. And even though I say that I was, I, I, I had a job for nearly six months and stuff, the, the, um, my work, you know, I, I, I love the work that I do. I, you know, I, I do building maintenance, plastering and so on. And, and I do like to make that kind of a difference in people's lives and stuff. Uh, so whenever I go to work, I apply myself to the fullest. I apply myself to the fullest. It was just the whole situation and the scenario that I was in that was really alien <laughs> to me. Uh, and, uh, and I struggled with it, to be totally honest with you. But no, we can change the way we look at our lives. We can change the way we look at our lives. We can learn to process lives in a completely different way. And this, in reality, as adults, this is our reality. This is our potential. We don't have to um, be so fearful and afraid. You know, ultimately, we fear our minds. 
we fear our minds and because we fear our minds we are afraid to face them so it's like if you have a dream or a nightmare even you wake up in the middle of the night sweating or whatever and and you know as a result you don't want to go back to sleep but the reality is all you are uh, resisting is facing your mind or well, that's all we are resisting if you suffer with anxiety if you suffer with depression or any of these sort of mind related issues the same again if we talk time to you know i i always speak strongly about meditation meditation is something which i know is very difficult to get into but if you can summon up enough patience uh, to 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 work yourself into meditation and becoming meditative you know to sit for you know you only need to start off very small a couple of minutes just just sit uh, in silence just sit there and 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 listen pay attention to your mind what's your mind doing because this is ultimately what we do is we spend so much of our time running away from our minds and again this is another element of our suffering and you know it's kind of paradoxical because if you've got kids or if you if you've had children at any point in your life and sometimes you can be in the room in a room or, or whatever you're all in the house and the kids are making loads of noise all kinds of noise kids are screaming and shouting and stone and making all kinds of noise up and um and all you want is peace and quiet all you want is space space that's the word all you want is space you want breathing space you need space to think and so on so the moment that you get that opportunity and the quiet uh you know the children have gone out of the room or they've gone to bed or whatever you get that peace and quiet and stuff and then you are basically left uh, uh kind of at the mercy of your own mind so now all the noise the external noise is gone now you've got to deal with your own mental noise <laughs> and um and as a result you'll probably go and put the radio on or switch the tv on or something you've got to have background noise again so it's kind of like we crave space but when we are we get that space we have to then fill that space or when you have your children and they're all making up noise and so on and then you get rid of them so now you've got you have space you don't have any noise from your kids but once they're gone then you crave having them back again to make noise <laughs> and you know ultimately what it all comes down to is we have lost touch with space we have lost the connection with space we have kind of forfeited the space in order for noise but then the noise eventually becomes intolerable we don't want the noise anymore so we want the space but then we get the space and now the space is too much trouble it's too painful because of our mental noise so then we've got to fill that space again with noise but if we could just familiar ourselves familiarize ourselves with the mind noise so rather than keep slumping for 
external noise, the radio, music player or whatever of any description, TV or whatever, or even um, conversations, getting into conversations with friends, ringing people up and bringing your friends around and so on and so on. All of these things to kind of avoid the, the, the mind chatter and the mental noise. If we could start this process of sitting down and, and allowing ourselves to just sit there with the mental noise, just sit there with the mental noise, to get used to listening to it, to get used to it being there, to not be afraid of it. Because once you have crossed this sort of threshold of you know not running away from it, then eventually the whole process starts to get easier and easier and easier. And the process of meditation is just that, is to just keep bringing yourself back to this experience of sitting with, with the mind noise and not trying to do anything with it, just allowing it to be there, just allowing it to be there, becoming more aware of it and allowing it to do whatever it's doing. And eventually you will start to notice that it has less and less and less of an effect on you. And, and when it starts to have less of an effect on you, you, you no longer suffer it in the same way. We no longer suffer it in the same way. And, you know, one of the things that I, uh, another thing that I noticed myself about this whole process of mind and, you know, mind related issues is, you know, a lot of the thoughts that go through our minds on a daily basis, these are, you know, they're related to experiences and things that we've had in the past, things that have happened to us in the past undesirable things that have happened to us in the past situations that we found ourselves in that we would rather have not been in and uh, as a result we've kind of mentally stored them as an unresolved issue so it's like if if this happens to me the next time well I'm going to say this or I should have said that when this person did this and I should have blah 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 so there's always shoulda woulda coulda's bouncing around in your head unresolved issues but then with all of these unresolved issues, each time these unresolved issues come into your mind, they trigger an emotional response, uh, an emotional reaction, I should say. And this emotional reaction, sometimes you have thoughts that they're so flat fast that you don't even notice them. Consciously, you don't notice them. And this is something that I noticed in meditation, that when I started to pay attention I became aware of thoughts that just flash so quickly that sometimes you might not even notice um, because you do distracted. And even though you don't notice it, it has, it leaves like an emotional residue in your body, in your system, which then makes you feel. So then you have the feeling, but you might not have been fully aware of the thought, or even if you were aware of the thought, you have the feeling, but you haven't made the association that the feeling is attached to that thought. So now you have the feeling, and then what we do is we analyze the feeling. Now all of a sudden, I don't feel too good. I don't feel, you know, I feel off, something's wrong. And then this cycle of thought, now because you, you think something's wrong, now your body is reinforcing that experience emotionally. 
So you have kind of triggered this whole emotional cycle with uh, unconscious thought and now you are consciously thinking it, now the cycle begins. So to be able to break the cycle is to be able to see that or become aware of the unconscious thought that triggered the cycle in the first place and analyze the thought. So rather than analyzing the emotion that follows the thought, if you analyze the thought, then you break the emotion, you break the emotional cycle. And, you know, by analyzing the thought, it might be, and this, uh, again, from my personal experience, uh, I, I don't recall all of the things that used to go through my head. I wouldn't even bother trying. But I do remember that there were certain things that I, I had in my mind that would constantly, you know, I'm not saying every day, all day, but they would resurface in my thoughts, in my thought stream, uh, periodically. So it might be once every three months or four months, I'd have a, a bit of a mental flashback to something that happened when I was about 10 years old, uh, as an example. Uh, and, and it would make me feel low. This thought might make me feel low. So once I became aware of this cycle, and again, this was through meditation, I was able to break the cycle by with forgiveness, with acceptance and forgiveness. So if this situation was with somebody made me feel a certain way when I was 10 years old, then I was able to say to myself, right, well, I forgive this person for, for making me feel this way. And I forgive myself for feeling this way and for allowing myself to be sort of held by these emotions. And, and this was my way of letting go of that past experience through forgiveness. You see, if you are unable to forgive somebody for something, then all you are doing is you are holding on to an experience. And every time you think about that experience, you relive the experience. So forgiveness isn't about the other person, it's about you. And, and it's about you being liberated from your past. If you are unable to forgive, then you are unable to be liberated from your past experience. And ultimately, this past experience will always have a hold over you as long as you are unable to forgive, accept and let it go. So once I went through this process of forgiveness, of understanding, acceptance and letting go, these thoughts didn't occur to me anymore. I no longer was I was no longer being kind of dragged around by these past thoughts. They just disappeared. Uh, so it's no longer baggage. These, you know, they know they are no longer my baggage, basically. So, you know, we suffer. To summarize, we suffer not because of the experiences we go through in life. You know, we don't suffer because, like the wildebeest, for example, trying to cross the river. Uh, it has to cross the river. It's got to get to the other side to get to its destination. In the process, they might lose some of their... Uh, there's the um, flock, flock of wildebeest, is it? I don't know. Gang? I don't know. But they might lose one or two of the members. Uh, uh, but they carry on with the journey. And, you know, so there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of physical pain. We have personal experiences where we have physical pain. But 
the way we process these experiences, the way we think about the experience is what brings about the suffering. So if we can learn to understand how to let go of these experiences, and again, like I said before, we don't, we aren't given these kind of life skills at school. We're not taught these life skills. There are plenty of places that you can go to find more information about this. Um, if, you know, if this interests you. But, you know, again, like I said before, I speak from my own personal experience. If we are not given these kind of tools at school, we're not shown anything like this at school. This is something that I've learned for myself. That once I was able to, to see through meditation and through becoming more and more meditative, once I was able to see how my thoughts or the thoughts that were going through my mind were affecting me, my emotions and affecting me emotionally, and then how I was interpreting my emotions as feeling bad, feeling low and so on without truly understanding why. Um, this, you know, it's, it, it creates mood swings and so on. But once I started to identify the connection between the thoughts going through my mind and the emotions in my body, I was able to address the thoughts without paying any attention to the emotions. So you might still have the emotional uh, experience there. This might be my experience now where I feel the emotion, but then rather the more consciously aware I become, uh, I'm able to feel the emotion and then uh, uh, pay attention to where my mind is at. And I did touch on this before. Essentially, once I become aware of the emotion and I become aware of where my mind's at that's triggered these emotions, that's caused this emotion, I can then bring myself back into being. I can be myself, which basically when I say be myself, I just mean bring myself back into being. It might be that I take a few deep breaths and I bring myself out of the mental, the mental sort of torrent of thought and back into the present moment. It might be that in that moment I've, I've, I've identified a certain stream of thought that's, that's, that's pulling me and that's allowing me to, that's leading me to feel this way. And then I can address it. I can question it. I can analyze it and I can basically shine a light on these this thought stream uh, uh, to see it for what it is and it's only when you begin to shine that light that you can see it for what it is otherwise it just remains in the darkness in the shadows basically dictating and controlling your emotions and the, the, your uh, and your vibe until you turn on that light the light being your awareness you becoming conscious of that thought or of those thoughts. So that's, uh, I'm going to conclude at that for this evening, for this podcast. Uh, again, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and I will catch up with you on the next uh, episode, which will be the uh, fine on Friday. Don't forget to tune in on Friday and I will speak to you then. Peace.